Okay, we're continuing our series entitled Building Overcomers. Last week, we explored that as a result of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we talked about how we overcame sin. And so in this whole month, we'll be looking at this series, and it will be revealing to us how that we, we benefit the various ways that we overcome, all because of what Jesus Christ did when he got up out of that grave. And today, I want to explore how we, over, how we overcome death and the fear of death through the resurrection. Jesus say, made a profound statement right before he had raised Lazarus from the dead. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. When Jesus made that statement, I said last week that Martha was a bit taken away because she thought the resurrection was an event. And Jesus was demonstrating to her that the resurrection is about a person. And Jesus says, Martha, since I'm here, I am the resurrection. In other words, the only reason why people live again, the only reason why anybody would get out of a grave, the only reason why anybody would have hope apart from this life is because of me. This is what Jesus was saying. So he says, I am the resurrection. And what Jesus was essentially doing, he was telegraphing the, 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 the fact that death has been defeated. That, 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 the, that the defeat of death was imminent because of his arrival. From the moment that Jesus set foot on the earth, I want you to understand something, church. Death died. I'm going to say that again. The moment Jesus came on the earth, he came with an assignment to die knowing that he would rise again and defeat death. So I want you to understand that this morning. Death is defeated. Now, from a very practical standpoint, I know that we live in a generation and we have lived in, in uh, other generations that, that just have this fear of death. People make decisions in life and, and people are afraid and they're in bondage because everybody is afraid to die. Everybody wants to avoid it. We all know it's coming. We all know the clock is ticking, yet we do everything we can to try to avoid it, to try to run away from it. And in some ways, as a consequence, we walk around in fear because death in the context of sin, it, it signifies a stoppage. It signifies the end. And so from that day, I'm going to go all the way back here for a moment. From the day that Abel was killed, people have dreaded death. It has been the enemy, the great mysterious monster that makes people quake and tremble with fear. Death stalks the rich and the poor, the uneducated and the educated. Death is no respecter of race, color, or creed. Doesn't matter how much money you have, doesn't matter what your status is in this world, death is coming. Because of this 
fear of death, I believe that sometimes even Christians who forget, I believe, what we've really accomplished through Jesus Christ, we've allowed the fear of death to hinder our capacity and ability to be able to do and live life the way God wants us to live. Pastor, what do you mean? I believe sometimes we make decisions sometimes. We all make decisions in life. Well, you know, perhaps where to witness. Well, I'm not going to go witness in that neighborhood because, you know, uh, you know, I might get shot. I might get killed. I might, you know, I'm not, I know God, I know God loves them, but hey, you know what? God's going to have to send somebody else because I ain't going. Now, I'm not here suggesting that, that we need to be, uh, you not be careful and be wise about our steps. What I am saying, though, is this, that as a Christian, we ought to make our decision based on faith. And not fear, because the just shall live by what? Faith. So if faith says, if God is calling me to do something, then how many know that God will equip us to do whatever it is that he's calling us to do? And so then, so we need to live life, Christians need to live life whereby we are free, where we understand that for us, death is not the end, it's really the beginning for us. Because we don't really die. Apostle Paul says, Absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Let me say that again. Absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I want you to understand today, church, that we can't lose either way. That's what Paul was communicating, that we can't lose because we win. And because Jesus overcame death, I want you to understand we, too, have overcome death as well. The greatest news that was ever, that ever happened to man in the history of man is this verse right here in Matthew 28, verse 5 and 6. But the angel answered and said to the woman, Mary, who came by to check on Jesus' body, says, do not be afraid. Isn't it amazing that angels, every time God wants to speak to us, an angel come, one of the things they always say, do not be afraid. Do not fear. Don't be afraid. For I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. Here it is. For he is risen. How many know that's good news? As he said, come see the place where the Lord lay. And so the best news that man could have received is that Jesus got up out of that grave. Had he not done that, He'd have been just like any other man who would have no way of knowing or believing anything he said because he would have died just like every other man. But when he rose again from that grave, it was the game changer. The resurrection of Jesus is the chief proof of our faith. We've said that. Other doctrines of the Christian faith are important. Don't get me wrong. But the resurrection, I would like to say, is essential. Without a belief in the resurrection... There can be no personal salvation. Jesus' resurrection accomplished the defeat of what men fear the most. That is death. The reason why a Christian don't need to fear death is because Jesus defeated it. And when you are in Christ, when we're in Christ, we too defeat death as well. So we don't need to fear. We need to be full of faith. We need to live life robust. We need to live life boldly for Jesus. We need to go all out for Jesus because as he overcame, we overcame. Well, I'll show you that here in a moment. Jesus' resurrection means that we don't have to fear death. It means that, that when he rose again from the dead, that Jesus essentially slapped death right in the face. 
just punched it out. That's why the enemy is mad. And so let's talk a little bit about how we got ourselves into this situation. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verse number 12, Therefore, just as though through one man sin entered into the world. I want you to get that into your spirit. One man. I know some of you say, Pastor, it ain't fair. You ever heard anybody say, well, Adam sinned, ain't got nothing to do with me. Oh, well. <laughs> the fact is, you're a human being, and all of us originated from Adam. And just like any disease that spread, maybe you didn't deserve the disease, but because it's out here, it's in the air, and you came into contact with it, hey, it may be unfair, but you're there. You are, we have been born a sinner as a consequence of what Adam did. Because all of us originated from him. He says, now, therefore, just as through one man, sin entered into the world. Through one man. Mm -mm -mm. And death through sin. So how do, why, why, why do men die today? Death is as a consequence of sin. When you see a person lying in the coffin, it is because of sin. The wages of sin is death. First, spiritual death, then physical death. We'll talk about that here in a moment. So the Bible says, and so then sin entered into the world. So when sin came, death came through sin. Sin was the vehicle in which death came. And thus death spread, watch this, to all men. From the beginning of time, that death now has spread to every man because all sinned. All of us sinned. So Adam's sin was passed down. Like I said a moment ago, it may not have been fair, but hey, you have been affected by it. No man can escape except through Christ. We understand that. That's the only way that we can get out of this mess that man finds himself in. So death has spread to, to every one of us and all of us have been affected with sin. But the story doesn't end there. Because how many know that God came after us? How many are you glad that God came after us and didn't leave us in that condition? Look at this. This is a, a, a I'm going to show you how Jesus destroyed death. This is Hebrew chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. Insomuch then as the children have been partakers of flesh and blood, he, talking about Jesus himself, likewise shared in the same. That through death, here it is, mm, he might destroy him who had the power of death. Right? So here we see Jesus taking Satan on, on his, in his own domain, if you will. Watch this. So he himself likewise shared in the same that through death, in other words, Jesus died, just like every other man who died, he died that he might destroy him who had the power of death. Who is the him he's talking about? Well, he's going to tell us. That is the devil. Yeah. Look at the neighbor and say the devil is defeated. Come on, tell him. Look at the neighbor. Look at somebody and say the devil is defeated. You need to know that. The devil, the devil is defeated. And watch this. Watch this now. And he released those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Now, there's a, a, lot, of, a lot of things there to unpack. I don't have time to unpack it all. I'll unpack just a little bit. So we understand, so what Jesus did was, Jesus came and he died, just like every other man, he died. But the difference was 
that Jesus defeated death because, as he said before, no man takes my life. I lay it down and I have power to take it back up again. So Jesus rose again from the dead like no other man had ever done. And in so doing, he defeated death. He defeated and he destroyed the enemy because all the enemy got over people is death. He's hanging it over us and it's like a dog on a leash, no pun intended. We just, he just pulls us around and he makes us this, 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 this perpetual fear. But what happened was when Jesus got up from the grave at that moment, Satan and everything that he had done, all the fear of death and all of that, Jesus showed this thing ain't got no power over me. And so when Jesus got up from the grave, Satan at that moment, hear this, was rendered powerless. And his resurrection was the greatest display of the victory that not only Jesus has over sin in the grave, but that we subsequently get as well. Watch this now, verse 15. And he says, and he then so, watch this, released. Everybody say release. Release those who through fear of death, right? Who are subject to this bondage all their life. So here's what, here's essentially what he's saying. He's saying because Jesus defeated death, he destroyed death, and we believe in Jesus because this doesn't apply because, see, you don't defeat death unless you believe in Christ. There's no way that you can be, you can defeat death, spiritual death. There's no way you can defeat it outside or, or physical death. No way you can get around it other than through Jesus Christ. This is why we preach Jesus. He's the only way. This is why we say Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We don't say it because we're biased just for the sake of being biased. We say it because it's the absolute truth. And truth is truth. Like it, leave it, lump it. Truth is truth. Jesus is the way. This is why we preach it. And he released those who through the fear of death all their lifetime was subject to bondage. So here's what he's saying. He's saying, now because you have come to Christ, you know who Jesus is, you know he defeated death, and now that you're in him, and as a consequence of your being in him, now you defeat death as well. So therefore, you don't need to walk around like everybody else scared of death. You don't have to fear death. As we said before, for the, for the Christian, absent from the body is present with the Lord. So, you know, for, for me to live as Christ, then if I died, Paul said, I'm gaining even more. So as a Christian, I can't lose. So here's the point. We already overcame death. Jesus destroyed it. He defeated it. So we don't have to walk around in fear. Oh, I don't know. I don't, I'm afraid that this is going to happen to me. No, no, no. We need to walk in faith. That's why I just don't receive that. Y'all know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I respect doctors. I believe doctors. And, and I, I thank God for doctors. But, you know, doctors don't really have the final say in your life. Y'all do understand that, right? At the end of the day, your God is in charge of your breathing. And as long as there's a God who sits high on the throne, you are always subject to him. Listen, you can choose. I, I don't know whose report will you believe. I'm going to believe his report. Because watch this. He is the giver of life and only he can take it from me. Are y'all following me? And I already know he's already told me that if I'm in, in him, that if I leave this life, I'm in his presence. I'm good either way. I have not lost. I can't lose. There's no way that I can lose in Christ. I'm, I have overcome death. Every Christian has overcome death. So then the will of God is that, that we are not fearful like people who 
lose loved ones and they cry like there's no hope because for a lot of them, there is none. Because they don't believe, they don't understand what Jesus did, the full measure of his resurrection, what it accomplished for us. And, and the confidence that we can have, that we can go all off for Jesus, we can live for him, knowing that we have defeated death. Second Timothy chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. Talking about Jesus again, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. God didn't just save us. But how many know that he put a hold of calling on every single one of us? Every one of you got a hold of calling on your life. The fact that the, that the problem sometimes is that we don't understand that. That we, that, that, that we live our life as if we're trying to figure out something in this world. We're trying to get our fix from the world. Let me tell you something. The world will always let you down. As a child of God, God has an assignment for you. My job, your job, is to discover his assignment, his holy calling that he's placed on our life. Let me tell you something, you'll be much happier. For he has saved us with a, and he saved us and he called us with a holy calling, not according to our works. We didn't do anything to earn this thing. But according to his own purpose and his grace, which was given to us in Christ before time began. God had us in mind before time began. That's amazing. But now has revealed, has now had been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Watch this. And what did he do? Who has abolished death, brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Death has been abolished. And because death was abolished, the entranceway for life and immortality is now upon us who believe. And I'm going to show you here in a moment how that this mortal will ultimately put on immortality. <laughs> so we're called with a holy calling. The destruction of death brought life to all who believe through the preaching of the gospel. And in fact, I'm going to go there right now. And in 1 Corinthians 15, 53 and 58, and I read some of this, this corruption must put on incorruption. In other words, this, this, this flawed body, because let me, let, me, let me explain something to every one of you here today. First, you got to understand that the only reason why people, <clears throat> the only reason why people physically die is because first they spiritually died. Do y'all understand that? So the only reason why people physically die is because that is a reflection of a spiritual death. You remember that the Bible said, that God, that God said in, in the book of, uh, I believe, Genesis chapter 3, when God said to them, he said, when you, if you eat of the fruit, you will die. You remember he said that to Adam and Eve? He said to Adam uh, specifically, if you eat of it, you will die. Well, guess what? He ate of it, but did he die right then and there? No, he lived some 900, almost 1,000 years later. But spiritually, he died. And ultimately, that spiritual death wrought a physical death. So understand something. The real death that happens to people is spiritual. Y'all get that? That's the real death. The real death that happens to every person is a spiritual death. And so watch. So the thing that got to be dealt with first is our what? Come on. Preach with me. Our spirit man, that got to be raised again. It got to be, we got to come alive. And Ephesians, we read that where the Bible says, and you have he quickened who were, who were walking in darkness. Now he has quickened us. He made us alive. How did he make us alive? He quickened our spirits. And so 
as a consequence of that spiritual renewal that can only happen when a person comes to Jesus. As a consequence of that, then ultimately our physical bodies will change. This corruption will put on, watch this, incorruption. Why? Because the, the, the root of the problem has been fixed. Are y'all with me this morning? That spiritual death, that's been fixed. Now watch. He says, now, for this corruption, this, this body of sin that is still not perfected just yet, but it's coming. For this corruption must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. Glory to God. Then watch this. Verse 54 is the celebration verse. So when this corruption has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Come on, can somebody give Jesus a hand clap of praise for that? Come on, we just need to praise him for that. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? You have none. See, the ultimate display and the ultimate affirmation that the Christian, that, 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 that he has overcome death, is the resurrection of our physical bodies. Spiritually, it happened, but physically, there's coming to all of us a change. So while you, we must work on our bodies to try to fix them, uh, all the little pimples, all the imperfections that we all have, I want you to know that you're going to be putting on a new body. You're going to get a new look, and it's going to be based in eternity. So don't get hung up so much on your looks in this life. Look good, put on your makeup, whatever you got to do to fix yourself up a little bit, do what you got to do. But you got to understand that at some point, if you're in Christ, your, your corrupt body is going to put on incorruption. And you will put on immortality because you are in Christ. And Jesus was the example of that. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I told you we we're going to be hanging out here, verses 20 and 23. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, but now Christ is risen from the dead. There it is. Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits. Well, pastor, what is the first fruits? The first fruits tell you what's coming. It's the first of the fruits, the first fruits. He says, now Christ has become the first fruits of those who died or fallen asleep. For since by one man, there it is, come, come into that again. Since by one man came death, watch this. By man also came the resurrection of the dead. By, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die. Mm. Even so in Christ all should be made alive. But each one in his order. Christ the first fruits. Then afterwards those who are Christ at his coming. So this is amazing. So I want us to, to, to kind of capture this here. Because one of the things as I read this verse, it made me so grateful because you hear people say sometimes, if God loves people, if God's such a good guy, why did he let people die? Why did he let people go to quote unquote hell? I mean, if God is such a good God, why don't God just fix this and why don't God just fix that, fix that? And why did God allow this to happen? Why did God allow that to happen? Well, we see that God is very active in fixing the thing that he didn't break. <laughs> He's fixing it. 
there's going to be a, he's going to fix this world. There's going to be a whole, a world, a new world order where there will be no sin. I'll read that here in a moment. There'll be no, no unrighteousness. But here's how God did it. As soon as Adam sinned, God protected the tree of life. As soon as Adam sinned, so then that we could have a pathway back to God. And that life ultimately is in Jesus Christ. We understand that to be the case because the Bible says that through one man, everybody got affected. Pastor, it's not fair. Okay, I get it. You understand that? I I get it. You you feel that way. But then the Bible says as to one man, all sin, all died. But through one man, Jesus, all will be made alive. So here's God's love. God's love come running, chasing us. God's love says, okay, here's where it was. Adam, you all died, but I'm going to send my son and give you a way out. Or if you would like to call it a lifeline, literally a lifeline. So that's God's love. So as through one man, the whole world was plunged into sin. Through one man, the whole world will experience life. And that is through that one man, Jesus Christ. And notice, he didn't say about one man and some other things. He didn't say one man in Buddha. He didn't say one man in Muhammad. He didn't say one man in Harry Krishna. He didn't say one man and all of these different calls. He says one man, that one man, Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Come on, say Jesus. That one man, all will be made alive. We'll be given a second chance. But we got to embrace him. We got we to follow him. We got to come to him. Through one man, we will have new life and victory. That is through Jesus. Romans 8, 11 says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then that's the key. Do the spirit of God dwell in you? Are you a Christian? Have you given your life to Jesus? Don't tell me you come to church every Sunday. There are a lot of people who come to church every Sunday and they're not saved. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. The churches are filled with people who come to church and who are not saved. Let make sure you're not one of those. Because this doesn't apply. The resurrection, you're, you don't overcome death until you come to Christ. Death looms over you. Death follows you. Death has you in bondage because you are a slave to death as a result of sin. And if you're not in Christ, that then is your master. So he says here, the same spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead who dwells in you, and it got to dwell in you, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, and that's the key, he who raised Christ from the dead, watch this, will also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit that dwells in you. So here's our, here's our guarantee. He's saying that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, God, that spirit lives inside of, of you, then you're going to rise from the dead as well. Your mortal body, your mortal bodies will be quickened. First Thessalonians 4, verses 13 and 18. Paul was here writing to the Thessalonian church because there were some folks that were concerned that the rapture would occur. They didn't call it, we don't have a term rapture in the Bible, but that's the general uh, definition of being caught up. But there were some Christians that were concerned about those who died, their loved ones. Some people died. It was like, man, if Christ comes back and you know, we, you know, he takes us with him. Well, what about the folks that died? What about my mom? What about my brother? What about my cousin? What about my sister? What about the people that I love? What, what, what happens to them? Well, look, well, Paul gives an answer here to the Thessalonians here. He says, 
Verse number 13 in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. But I do not want you to be ignorant concerning those who have died. Lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. See, there's one kind of sorrow where we, we're sorry and we're going to miss somebody. But there's a whole other sorrow when you, when you sorrow without hope. That's a whole different ballgame. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, to which we all do. Even so, God will bring with him. Now think about it. So if you got loved ones that died in Jesus, here's what's going to happen. And if Jesus happened to come while we're here, let's just say Jesus come today at 3 o'clock. Wouldn't that be cool? I mean, that'd be cool. Like, you're going home, you're ready to eat lunch, you're ready to eat dinner, whatever. And, whew, Jesus just comes, and trumpet sounds, and wham, you're out of here. And I think that'd be so cool. But then he says, so, but, but, but the physical bodies of all of those that died before, all those bodies are going to rise again, and we're going to meet the Lord in the air. Let me, let me keep reading. I'm going to hit it myself, but I want to read it. I just got excited. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, you got to believe that. How many of you believe that? Come on, say amen. Even so, God will bring with him. Those who died in Jesus. Wonderful. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord. Paul is saying, I'm not just saying it. This is not my authority. I'm telling you, this is what the Lord said. This came straight from heaven. You can bank it. You can put money on it. This is true. He said, this we say to you by the word of the Lord. That we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means go before those who are dead. Or who died for the Lord himself I like that for the Lord himself is anybody excited he says for the Lord himself you know usually he's sending the, the archangel and all of that and he does send him but 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 here it says for the Lord himself would descend from heaven with the shout the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God he's coming himself and the dead watch this in Christ will rise first. So those bodies, those bodies of those who are believers, because their, their, their spirit man is already present with God. But their actual bodies that, that are in the grave, they, they, they're going to they're gonna be resurrected and they're going to be changed. He says, watch this. For the Lord himself would descend from hell with a shout with the voice of an archangel and the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain... And we just happen to be hanging out today at Ruby Tuesdays. Hallelujah. So I believe Christians go to Ruby Tuesdays. If you're in Ruby Tuesdays, you're going to go to heaven the day at 3 o'clock. I'm just, all right. All right. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain should be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus shall we, watch this, shall we always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. So Paul said, if you have a loved one or somebody that you love that died and there were believers in Jesus Christ and you knew that they were believers in Jesus Christ, we're going to see them on the other side. They're doing fine. In fact, if, if he happened to come back while we're here, then they're going to rise first. We're all going to be together. We're all going to be together in the presence of the Lord. Why? Because we overcame death. This is what it means to be a Christian. You overcome death. You, we're overcomers. That's what this series is about. And Revelation says, and then God, Jesus is talking about uh, uh, the, uh, the writer, we believe, was the Apostle John, was talking about the future of what's going to happen in this generation, in the, in the generations that are to come. That in Revelation 21, verses 4 and 5, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. He's talking about a new world order, a world where there will be no more sin. There will be no more wars. 
Don't have to worry about joining the military, brother. Ain't going ain't gonna to have no military. Ain't no military in heaven. Y'all ain't going to be there. Ain't going to be no wars. Not going to be in the fighting. It's not going to be any of that. And it's amazing to me because this is what everybody wants. And yet God is right here saying this is what it's going to be. And yet people still want to deny Christ. But yet, how many know that people in this world today, they want to live a life without tears. They want to live a life without death, without sorrow, without crying. He said there will be no more pain. For the former things would have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, behold, I'm making everything brand new. This is what our God's going to do. This is our ultimate destination. And but he said something here. John was commanded. He said now, and he said to me, write for these words are true and they're faithful. In other words, just as God said, there's going to be a, a earth a world where there are going to be no more tears, no more sorrow, no more death, no more pain. All this old, all this, this death, this pain and stuff that we see today, it will be no more. For the old things would have passed away. This is the destination for everybody that believes in Jesus Christ. Not because of your own righteousness, but because of what he did for us. Because of the resurrection. So we're not going to we're going to live in a world where we're not going to have to be fighting each other and crying and being in pain and going to the doctors and pumping medications and all that. It's, those days are going to come to an end because the world is going to be as God intended it from the beginning. This is God's way of remedying the sin problem. This is God's way of fixing and giving every human being a way out. Every person that feels the pressures of life, who feels discouraged, who feels depressed, who feels like they can't go on. This is God's way of bringing hope to the world. All we need to do is turn to Jesus. This is what we got to tell people. Turn to Jesus and ultimately you will be free from the fear of death. Ultimately, you would experience everlasting joy, everlasting peace, no sorrow, no pain, no sickness, no more death. It's coming back to us. This is our inheritance. This is who we are, all because Jesus got up from the grave. And this is why Paul says, in conclusion, this is why Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he says, but thanks be unto God. This is verse 57 and 58. He says, but thanks be unto God. Who gives us the victory. Now remember, 1 Corinthians is all about the resurrection, right? You read 1 Corinthians chapter 15. All Paul spends the majority of his time talking about the resurrection. And so in the last part of that verse, after Paul explained to them how that we're going to rise again, how that Jesus' resurrection gave us life, gives us hope. We overcome death. We overcome the grave. And so now he's saying to all of them as he's getting ready to close out this particular chapter. Paul says, now thanks be unto God who gives us the victory. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, he said, therefore, what do you mean therefore? So you got to understand what the therefore is. You got to understand what the before was about. The before was about the resurrection, everything that Jesus did. He said, therefore, because Jesus did all these things for us. Therefore, because we live, because he lives, we live. Therefore, because he rose again from the dead, we rise again from the dead. Therefore, because he has hope. We have hope too. Why? Because we're in him. He says, now, therefore, my beloved brother, be steadfast, immovable. In other words, don't be flinched. Don't be worried about a thing. Stay, you stay with God no matter how ugly it gets. Let people talk about your God. Let people mark Jesus. You let them do whatever they got to do. But he said, but you, you be steadfast. You stay right where you're at. When everybody else in all the world start drifting away further and further from God, you stay right where you're at. Don't you move. 
Don't you move. You stay faithful to the gospel. You stay, you keep reading your Bible, you keep sending out your scripture verses, you keep proclaiming God's truth, because how many know that God's word will vindicate itself ultimately? You don't have to defend God. God will vindicate himself. He says, therefore, you can be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the works of the Lord. In other words, keep doing God's work and go all out. Serve God with gladness. You can keep abounding. You can serve him like a wild man. Serve him like a wild woman. Give, a, give, give everything. This is the context. Paul says, always abounding in the works of the Lord. Why? Because your labor is not in vain. Your labor is not in vain. Because everything that God said in his word is true. And so we know that we overcome and we win. Just like Paul said in Philippians 1.21, for me to live is Christ. He said, but you know what? If I got to die, because, you know, Paul's life was, was constantly hanging in the balance, right? You remember Paul was, Paul, every single day, Paul lived under constant threat of death. He had people trying to kill him all the time because he was out there preaching Jesus in places that people didn't want to hear it. How I many know we're in a generation now, man, when people don't want to hear you talking about Jesus Christ anymore? Let's be honest. People don't want to hear that. People rather hear you talk about, if you ain't talking about universalism, if you ain't welcoming everything and everybody, nobody want to hear nothing about no Jesus Christ. Too exclusive. So Paul was threatened. And how many know in our generation, we're threatened. But we got to stay faithful. Because what's the worst thing they can do to you? Jesus, Jesus said this. Don't, don't, fear him, don't fear him who can kill the body. Fear him who can kill both the body and the soul. You got that? See, don't fear. See, see, the worst that somebody can do to you in this world is to kill you. But for you and I, absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So why are you scared to go to the grocery store at night? Why are you scared to go down the street? Why, why, what, are you, what are you scared of? Why are you walking around scared? I don't know somebody going to get me up. What's wrong with you? You are an overcomer because you can't lose. If I live I'm going to exalt Christ. If I die, I'm going to be with him. Hey, I'm good. Enjoy your Christian life. Enjoy what God has done for us. But this only applies to those who've given their life to Jesus. And you got to do that. So every head is by your eyes closed.